Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. What has it been? Two weeks? Yeah, seems like forever though, I swear. Well, last weekend was Brian's birthday, so that was very exciting. So we did take the weekend off, um, like we did with my birthday. Um, But yeah, we got a Michigan win. Over the Badgers. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. (laughs) <laughs> I threw Brian a little mini Michigan party and made lots of good yummy food and we watched the game with some friends so that was fun and then for Brian's actual birthday we went to the movies and went to the driving range and went to dinner so that was a good time too so speaking of the movies we saw the new Venom movie which was it was good it was a short um, I feel like the the main point of the movie is the post credit scene. And it's as much as we're going to say is make sure if you watch that movie to stick around and watch the post credit scene, which I'm sure anyone that watches those movies now knows to wait around. And for the ladies out there, it is a shorter comic book superhero movie. So if you're looking to, give in to your husband or boyfriend or fiance's wants to go see a superhero movie so that you can earn the token to pick out the next movie, this is the one to use. Only an hour and a half. Not saying that's what I was doing, but... We didn't get to golf on my birthday, but we golfed this weekend. We golfed yesterday instead to make up for it. And (laughs) this is what cracks me up. Um... Kelsey's amazing, love her, right? All the all the good stuff in the world I can say about her. <laughs> we were on the golf course and we are driving up to the green on hole number one. And mind you, this is not Kelsey's first time golfing. She's golfed a handful of times with me. So we we approach the first green and I parked a car and she says, What clubs should I take? And she had a little chip to get onto the green. So I said, bring your sand wedge and bring your putter, which is customary. You bring both clubs so you don't have to walk back to the cart. You can just walk straight up to the green and putt after you chip on. So I said, bring your bring your sand wedge or bring your putter. So I hit my shot, and then I walk over to where Kelsey is to help her kind of line up and tell her how to swing for the for her shot. She gets onto the green, and we actually walk back to the cart to, to drive to the other side of the green. because That's where our balls were. And... I realized that I'm carrying Kelsey's pitching wedge. She grabbed her sand wedge and her pitching wedge, which is fine. You know, sometimes people chip with their pitching wedge, and I thought maybe she misheard me. She doesn't know what clubs she wants to use. It's fine. So we put the clubs back. We drive to the other side of the green, and we get out, and I said, all right, just grab your putter. So we go. I line up my putt first. I make it. 
and I go to help Kelsey line up her putt, and at, she's standing over the ball like she's ready to hit it, and she has her pitching wedge. <laughs> and mind you, the pitching wedge looks nothing like the putter. Golf clubs are usually numbered um, by what they are. So there's a five-on-five five irons. There's a six-on-six six irons. Pitching and sandwiches just have their letter. The sandwich has an S. The pitching wedge has a P. Anyways, I go to Kelsey and say, what are you doing? Like, Where's your putter? She goes, this is my putter. No, it's not. It's not your putter. So yeah, it is. Look, it has a P on it for putter. I looked at it, too, and I was like, this doesn't look right. But P for putter. <laughs> and I guess it's been so long since I've gone golfing that, like, I literally just, I don't know, thought that's what a putter looked like. And the thing is, you had two putters in your bag. What did you think those were? I'm speechless. I don't have I don't have an excuse. Genuinely, I don't have an excuse. I do remember looking down at it and just being like, that it just doesn't look right. But I mean, like I said, pee for putter. <laughs> like, You're probably like, why does A-hole put my club back when he told me I needed it? I know. I was like, why is he like, is he cleaning up after me? Like, I'm confused. And then I was like, oh, maybe he's like afraid I'll forget it. I don't know. I did think it was weird that you put it back, but I didn't think to say anything about it at the time. I mean, they really should put a P on it. No, the P is for the pitching wedge. But P PW. Some do have PW. You would have thought, what would what would that mean to you? Putter that's a little bit wider. <laughs> wide putter. <laughs> putter wide. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I have to tell you guys, we are struggling today. We are struggling because my man Brian has a rash all over his body. But we are here and we are recording. (laughs) And if you hear itching in the background, please yell at Brian like I've been yelling at him all day. Yeah, I don't know if I walked through poison ivy or something or I got bit by a bug. Like I've never had like a rash like this before. So... To reward Brian and to give him some ease, since he is not feeling 100% today. And because it was his birthday, for my birthday, Brian quizzed me on the year I was born, 1992. So, for this week's episode, to switch it up, I know we've done a lot of movie and TV and comic book related things lately. So, to switch it up, we are going to quiz Brian on the year he was born. 1988. Sorry, Brian. Now everyone knows your age. It's kind of bogus because you were alive for like nine months in 1992. I only got two months in 1988. Oh my gosh. I'm so stupid. Okay. I will I will go ahead and say what was almost a Kelsey moment on this podcast. I was about to say, no, you didn't. You got 10 months. <laughs> because October is the 10th month of the year. <laughs> Oh, man. Still, though, I mean, you're a baby. You're not going to remember any of this stuff. I was telling my mom some of the things that came out in 88 as I was doing my research, and she was kind of shocked that, like, these items came out that long ago, which is interesting, but we'll get into that. So let's go through this quiz. Are you ready? Sure am. I feel like this is a pretty mid-level difficulty 
And if it was too difficult, I gave you multiple options. Number one, what store first opened in Washington, Missouri, introducing the world to a store that combined general merchandise with a full-scale supermarket to provide one-stop shopping convenience? Oh, I mean, that has to be Walmart, right? It is Walmart. Number two, in 1988, what percentage of U.S. households had at least one television set? What percentage? I'll say if you're within like 3%, we'll give it to you. I'll say so. I have a 1 in 100 shot at this. <laughs> within 3%. Okay, let's first go and break it into twos. I'm going to say it's over 50%. You figure everybody had a family room TV, and there's got to be at least one other TV in the house somewhere, right? One of the kids, one of the parents. 55%. At least one television set, 98%. Holy camoly. Pretty crazy. And after much convincing, we now have a new TV in our house that we didn't need. Huh, Brian? We won't share how many televisions we have. We have two alone in the room that we're recording this podcast. Don't come rob our house, please. (laughs) Number three. This film starring Dustin Hoffman was the highest grossing film of 1988. I'm not even sure I can name a Dustin Hoffman movie. What's a good movie that came out in 1988, though? I'll tell you what. This is one of the times where I was only alive for two months in the 80s. Okay, but you wouldn't have watched a movie as an infant anyways. (laughs) You should know this movie. You might not necessarily know that it was the top grossing movie of 1988, but you should know it. Alien. Rain Man. I couldn't Uh, tell you it was starring Tom Cruise. I figured that would give it away. No, I don't think it would have, but all right. Number four. So you currently have one point. Number four. And this one's got some hints. What musical opened on Broadway and won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 1988? I'll give you a hint. It is currently the longest running show in Broadway history, so there's no masking how good the show is. I made that pun myself. So they wear masks? Oh, I think I know what it is. Because the main character wears a mask. Is it the Phantom of the Opera? Yeah! How good is that pun? Oh, your girl got real creative in here. All right, number five. Are you you surprised I got that? I mean,. I pretty much gave it to you, but still impressed. 
you have two points. Number five. In 1988, which of these professional sports teams did not win their overall championship in their respective sport? So which of these did not win the championship? The Washington Redskins, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the Detroit Red Wings? I feel like 1988 was right before the Red Wings started their run. So I will go with the Red Wings. That's correct. The Edmonton Oilers actually won the Stanley Cup in 1988. So you have three points out of five questions. Not bad. Number six. Which of these TV shows was not one of the top five highest rated primetime shows of the 1988-1989 television season, according to Nielsen Media Research. I know. I remember yours. I had the same question for you, and it was 60 minutes. Well, it's funny you say that. So which of these was not in the top five? Roseanne, The Wonder Years, or 60 Minutes? I'm going to say 60 Minutes is in the top five, unless it's a trick question. What did 60 Minutes become a thing? I'm going to say 60 Minutes is still in the top five. 1988. I feel like the Wonder Years came out before 88, which, I mean, doesn't. I didn't say that these came out in 1980. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, I feel like the Wonder Years might have been more popular in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Where's Roseanne? That's probably when Roseanne first came. Ah, that's tough. I feel like that's too early for Roseanne being a hit. Whereas the Wonder Years was probably roaring at the time. Let's go with the Wonder Years. No, no, sorry. The answer is Roseanne. I think the Wonder Years and 60 Minutes were both top five shows. I think Roseanne was not. Your mess up was actually correct. So you should have just kept going with that first thought. Um, so Roseanne did premiere in 1988, and apparently it was a big hit right off the bat because it was ranked second. 60 Minutes was in fifth place, so still within the top five. The Wonder Years did drop to 22nd place. The Cosby Show was in first place, which did not age well. You aged well. Appreciate it. My little baby-faced husband. The Cosby Show did not. Number seven. So you still are at three points. According to the Social Security card application data, what was the top baby name for females in the state of Michigan, state you were born, in 1988, year you were born? So this is for females. My mom actually guessed this. I have a couple guesses. So it's basically like girls my age. Well, yeah, what's the what's the most common name for girls my age? I feel like there's a few that could be. I feel like Ashley, Katie, Brittany. I bet they're all up there. I feel like it's got to be Ashley or Katie, though. Let me think. Let me think about this. 
Michelle would be up there. Ashley or Katie? Uh, Katie. All right. Once again, you're between the right answer and the wrong answer, and you chose the wrong answer. So the number one name in the state of Michigan for females in 1988, according to the Social Security card application data, was Ashley, followed by Jessica, Amanda, Sarah, and Nicole. And Nicole is my middle name, so. <laughs> but we can't forget about the boys. Oh. Number eight. What was the top baby name for males in the state of Michigan in 1988? I'm just going to run through again. You have the top five over there again? Yep. So, I think Justin, John, Josh, Mike. Can I give you a little bit of a hint here? Sure. You should be using full names. Most people wouldn't name their kid, especially in 1988, Mike. Or Josh. Oh, well, yeah. They I would mean, name him Josh. If I say Josh and Michael. Joshua, you're giving me the point. Why would you not give me the point if I said Josh and it was Joshua? I'm just saying. I'm just saying for accuracy reasons. No, stop. Stop. You might want to use full names. Man, I feel, I feel like it's going to be Jonathan. But then again, I don't. Nicholas? Nathan? Oh my god, there's so many popular names. I'm going to go with Michael. You're correct. Let's go. So what is that? Let's see here. Four points. So Michael is number one, followed by Matthew, Christopher, Joshua, and Andrew. Now, you are at four points. Bonus point if you can tell me where the name Brian ranked in the state of Michigan in 1988. It's funny because it's not that popular, but it wasn't uncommon. And Dane Cook actually has like a skit, like everyone knows a Brian. And when Brian's coming, everyone says, oh, F and Brian's coming. Like, watch out. Ryan was above you in names. I believe it. <laughs> I don't think it would crack the top 20. But I don't think it's going to be super low. So let's go with 26th. Oh, my gosh. I really thought you were going to get it when you started to like say, I don't think it'll crack top 20, but it's probably around there. 22nd. Kelsey was 60th. So I was, my name was a thing in 1988. And funny enough, with Ashley being the number one name, my mom was actually going to name me Ashley. Now, given I was born a few years later. But she thought it was way too popular, and she was like, no, that's not going to be it. Um, real quick, though, so I looked at 2020 because I was just curious. Wow, have names changed? Like, how many, as the age that we are, how many Charlottes do you know? How many Olivers do you know? Those are the top two names. And, like, I was looking at all these other names, and I was like, I am I even on this list? And I went through all the girls' names. Kelsey's not even on the list anymore. Completely gone. And this list went on for a while. Like all the way down to only eighty people being named something was like the last thing on the list. 
which means that less than even 80 people in the state of Michigan named their child Kelsey this year. And then Brian, I think you were on the list, but like it was at the very bottom. Like our names are not even a thing anymore. So you're saying there's not a lot of people naming their babies after us? Yeah, what the heck? Kelsey will have a comeback. All righty. Question number nine. In 1988, a 91-year-old Cubs fan named Harry Grossman did what for the first time at Wrigley Field? Man, Wrigley Field is really old. What's the first time? There's a first in 1988? Mm-hmm. It's got to be something that doesn't happen a lot. So not like a home run. He's 91 years old. I don't think he was hitting home runs. <laughs> He's 91 years old, and he Let did me, something for the first time in 88? Do you want to read the question again? Yeah. In 1988, a 91-year-old Cubs fan named Harry Grossman oh. did what for the first time at Wrigley Field? Died. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's not a lot of people dying at Wrigley. Like, he's 91. Die? Why, why that? Okay, okay, take that back. Jeez. What's something common that 91-year-olds do? Like, no offense. I mean, it's not common. What's not common to happen at a stadium? But what can a 91-year-old do that no one else could do for 90 years at Wrigley? I think you're thinking about it all wrong. 91-year-old did this for the first time. I hope there's Cubs fans listening to this right now just screaming the answer. And if they're not, that's kind of disappointing. This is kind of a cool fact about Wrigley Field. There's a hint. It's in relation to the field itself. Had his ashes buried there? Okay, Harry was not dead at the time of this event. Anyways, I will just tell you because everything's related to Harry being dead. He turned the lights on for a night game. For 74 seasons, the Cubs played only day games at home due to not having lights. But on August 8th of 1988, they played the Philadelphia Phillies in the park's first night game. And he turned on the lights. That makes sense now. Like, a lot of people are Cubs fans because back in, like, the 80s, the Cubs could only play day games. So they were always on TV during the day on WGN, I believe it was. And so kids that were home from school or staying at their grandparents' house, like, that would be the game that they would watch because it's the game that's on TV. So people became Cubs fans all over the country for that because it was a national broadcast. And I did a little more Googling, and uh, I don't know. There's different theories on the Internet as to why they didn't have lights. But, like, the ongoing theory that I was seeing the most is that it was out of respect for, like, the neighbors that were neighboring Wrigley Field. But then also, like, things about, you know, it being traditional and not wanting to, like, add things like that. But... All right, number 10. <laughs> this one makes me laugh. John Bon Jovi, now known for the band Bon Jovi, had his first professional recording in 1988 in the Star Wars-themed Christmas album entitled Christmas in the Stars. 
What was the title of the song that he performed? Was it A, R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas? B, What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas when he already owns a comb? Or C, There's No Place Like Tatooine for the Holidays. And I looked up how to say that place. Thank you very much. I even had a little YouTube video that said it for me. So... Don't come for me, Star Wars fans. I said that correctly. There has to be... Oh, my God. What percentage of people have died at Wrigley? Because I bet the percentage of people that know this answer is less than that. That's why I gave you three options. I feel like the R2-D2 song is probably a funny song where it just beeps the whole time. Because he doesn't talk, he just beeps. I'm going to... This doesn't make any sense. First of all, this question doesn't make sense. Second of all... What part... The, okay, what about the question doesn't make sense? I mean, okay, the question makes sense, but why is this album a thing? And it is... No, no, whatever. It doesn't make sense. So I need to come up with an answer somehow, and my logic is telling me that R2-D2 doesn't talk. So how could John Bon Jovi cover that song? It's not going to be that. So we're down to the Wookiee song, and there's no place like Tatooine. And I am going to go with Tatooine because John Bon Jovi sings about places a lot, and Tatooine is a place, so it's going to be that one. I made that song title up. Oh, my God. So A and B were real song titles on the album, and the one you chose... Is that I even a song? On the t- you made up a song? I made up a song title. How does that song go? No, don't do it. There's no place like Tatooine for the holidays. <laughs> Sounds just like Bon Jovi. <laughs> Darth Vader wheeling all around. The song was R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Of course it was. Beep boop. Beep 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 boop boop. All right. Bonus round. I don't really know how I'm going to score this bonus round, but we'll say if you get it right, you just get to pass this quiz because so far things are looking no, dicey. I'm 50-50. That, that ain't bad. You just got the last two wrong. You're not 50-50 anymore, buddy. Count them up. Four out of ten. Count them up. Okay. So you got number one for Walmart. You got number four, the musical. You got number five, which was the Red Wings not winning a championship. You got Michael, so four. So, yeah, you got four out of ten. Like I said. Count them up. <laughs> it's not 50%. The price is right. Let's go. Contestant, come on down. Here are five products. Rank them from most expensive to least expensive based on their average prices in the year of 1988. Want to take some notes? I got it. A dozen apples. A share of Apple stock. A gallon of gas. 
a pound of ground roast coffee, and a magazine. Most expensive to least expensive. Good Lord. A pound of coffee? A pound of coffee. I feel like that's going to be the most expensive. Let's just let's just think about this. A, a pound of coffee's got to be probably around $5. Magazines? Oh man, what are magazines? I feel like magazines were like what? Three ninety five, four ninety five, three ninety nine, maybe I don't know. Apple stock was like pennies. Apple was just coming out, which <laughs> if we could go back in time, that's that'd be good to know. They're pricey now. A dozen apples. What does a dozen apples cost now? Brian, you're literally asking the wrong person. I'm allergic to apples. I never buy them. <laughs> I feel like it's probably right under the magazine. So ground coffee the most. Magazine second most. A dozen apples third most. What else we got left? Well, you have a gallon of gas and a share of apple stock. That order. Gallon of gas, apple stock. You're so close. You needed to flip-flop a gallon of gas and a dozen apples. So, a pound of ground roast coffee cost, on average, in 1988, $2.74. A magazine, $2. A gallon of gas, $0.96. Cents. If we could only go back... <laughs> A dozen apples, 80 cents. So very close. A share of Apple stock trading for about 10 cents a piece. Shun the non-believers. Real quick, too. When I was coming up with trivia questions, the true crime enthusiast in me wanted to see if anybody had been caught in 1988. There were a lot of serial killers in the 80s, but I don't think any of them got caught in 1988. <laughs> Guess it wasn't a good year for investigations. I could be wrong, though. Or there could have been trials that were going on or something. But that being said, though, guys, really quickly, and I don't want to veer off subject here. They may have identified the Zodiac Killer. I don't know all the information. I know that it is regards to some photos that were found um, where his face looked very much like the sketches, same scars on the forehead, some different things with like his body language and the way his body was compared to the information that they did have on that stuff. I think there was some other stuff in there. I don't know about, I know a lot of these cases are solved with like this DNA evidence that is linked through these, 
you know, genetic websites that you see, okay, now we know that this person is related in some way, in a close way to this DNA. I don't know if there's any of that going on. I guess I would have to do more research. But, I mean, the group that is naming this guy is a group of investigators. It's not like just a bunch of randos off the street who decided they're going to try and solve the Zodiac Killer. Another thing I saw is that you need this guy's name to decipher the codes that were sent to the newspapers. Like, you need his name to get the code. I mean, that would be smart. Use your own name. No one's going to find out your name probably from it, but now that we know what the code said, we can use the name. You know what I mean? So very interesting. I, you know, if it is this guy, he passed away in 2018. So unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, justice isn't completely served, but if they can find other ways to link him and people can have some kind of closure, you know, It's kind of a nice feeling to know that, like, nobody's ever safe from their past. Like, I know they recently arrested a guy who was, like, in his 80s. And it's like, you know, screw you. You were living your life thinking you'd never get caught. And, like, there's just some satisfaction that comes from knowing that even though they're 80 years old and they've already gotten away with it for so many years, like, you're not going to end your life or live out the rest of your days without everyone knowing who you are. And unfortunately, if it is this guy, like, I don't know, it kind of sucks that he got to live out his life and never got in trouble for it. It would be interesting to know, though, why he stopped. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the Zodiac Killer, um, I'm looking at time.com right now. They listed the Zodiac Killer as the number three unsolved murder of all time which apparently it's solved now but it's a big deal it's right behind jack the ripper and the black dahlia and right above tupac and biggie it is important to say that it, it's not really solved necessarily um there is a burden of proof that comes with that but i think that they have a pretty good idea i think this is the strongest anyone's ever felt about naming somebody in the case so yeah, because in cases like this, that someone just completely falls off the map and the murderers stop, you have to wonder, did that person die themselves? Are they in jail for a different crime that they got caught on, but they're not going to confess to the ones that they've done under the Zodiac name? Oh, for sure. I mean, there has to be something that happens in your life. You know, these people are sick in the head. They don't just wake up one day and decide they're going to be a better person. You know, I'm no crime junkies or my favorite murder. So if you want more details, go listen to them. But there's my take on it. Still think it's really neat that we've come that far. So to wrap things up, there were a lot of products that came out in 1988 too. So I thought it would be fun to try some. That being said, I thought I'd be able to find more than I did. And I'm a little bummed about that, but I do have some things. Some things that I didn't find that I was looking for really quickly. Bubble tape. Do you remember that? Hubba Bubba bubble tape for the bubble gum? Couldn't find it anywhere. Really, really disappointed. Um, Wild Cherry Pepsi. I could find that, but I didn't buy it because we don't even like regular Pepsi to begin with. Um, 
but that came out in 1988. Powerade came out in 1988. McChickens came out in 1988. Um, O's cereal or Honeygram O's cereal, which I feel like I definitely have seen in the stores, but I could not find, um, came out in 1988. But what I was able to get, Diet Mountain Dew came out in 1988. Lunchables came out in 1988. What a year. Let's go. And Teddy Grahams came out in 1988. So I brought snacks. Lunchables came out in 88. Yeah, they did. You know, we don't even necessarily really need to taste these on the podcast. Our dog just started itching herself. It sounded like somebody was knocking on a door or something. Um, We know what these taste like. Yeah, I'll just love to break and eat some. Can I toss them to you? Keeping all this ASMR of me, like, opening the Teddy Grahams. Are we just going to break and eat them? Yeah, so we're going to have some snacks. I just threw a package of Teddy Grahams at Brian, and, of course, now our dog is going to get them. Oh, man. Well, there are three of them. So we're going to eat our snacks. This is a shorter episode, um, but we're very glad to be back. um, And we're glad to come up with some new fresh ideas after doing that series. So we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.